This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. Hear more from Free FM. For a small monthly fee, you can become a patron and support independent community media. Go to patreon.com slash freefm89 to find out how. Welcome to The Brick Zone. You're at the table with Barry and Mariana. We're going to finish off our chat that we had with Judge Julie in the house last week. Big news, Mariana. What? You've got secrets over there. 27th of June, 11th of July. Put those down in your calendar. We're back at the Bridge Club, are we? 27th of June. The Spa Town teams, they're still trying to hold that. And if the government plays ball, I reckon they're going to maybe hold it. And don't tell anybody, but it's going to have a new venue. Really? Where are we going? I don't know whether I'm meant to say this on air. I think there's a chance they might hold it at the Hamilton Bridge Club. Nice. Yeah, so that's what they're trying to do, because obviously things are a bit tight, yes. and if they need to book the venue they usually use, it is quite an expensive business. They don't want to have to cancel it. So they've approached Hamilton Bridge Club, and I'd be amazed if Hamilton Bridge Club doesn't agree to it. So we might have spa town teams in Hamilton. Does that make Hamilton a spa town, do you think? <laughs> I don't care what it is, we'll take it. <laughs> so 5A teams on at maybe the Spartan teams in Hamilton on the 27th of June. 11th of July, Hamilton are holding their own 5A teams event. Cool. So there'll be two of them a fortnight apart. What a way to get back into bridge. That'd be great, wouldn't it? We might be able to celebrate our 100th program then. Be good to celebrate it with a bit of bridge being back on. Okay, so here's the rest of Judge Julie's discussion with Barry and I. COVID-19, level one, what are our thoughts? Well, it'll be good to see the clubs get back together um, and start again. The interesting thing is how we're going to do it and when we're going to do it. And when we do, who's going to come along? Because we're still a bit scared of the virus, aren't we? I mean... True. What was the uh, outcome? 28 more days in level two? Is that what it was? Yeah, two cycles. Normally, and that's what she's saying anyway. Gloves, screens, hand sanitizer. What's it going to look like? Well, if we need gloves and screens, we probably can't do it because the cards, what do you do with those? Do you wash them every time someone's played with them? What do you wash them with? How does that work? If you're all wearing gloves, maybe they don't have to be washed every time. Is it put them in the board and out of the board? And I mean, they're all barriers, aren't they, really? Yeah. In in some way. And. It's scary. I mean, even now, personal space has changed. You go to the supermarket, if someone's too close, you're going, ugh. I know, right? that's right. And I always do that. Back, back, back of your box, chocolate, move back there, and they look at you as if you're weird. And it's like, for God's sake, where have you been, mate? But in our people that have been in lockdown long time, the rest times and retirement villages all closed down earlier. And presumably there's been some severe restrictions there with people how comfortable will they be being that close to people? And mm. we really want to be sure that there aren't any health problems because the rate of infection, the, the, how severe it is, is terrible at a certain age, So, as they've been saying. Mm. I read an article in the Waikato Times yesterday about the Assisi rest home, out, rest yeah. home out at Matangi and the way that they coped when they got notice that they had someone that had tested 
positive COVID from Australia and returned home to Australia. They got their test over there and then their parent was positive with COVID. But how they actually managed it was amazing. They spent $140,000 keeping their people on site so they could contain it. And they didn't really grow that much in terms of the spread of it. The steps that they went to, they almost became leaders in New Zealand on how to contain it. It was an amazing article. Big applause to them because they did it really, really well. Yeah, it is scary for our bridge club members who are getting up towards that age group if they're not already there. (laughs) We actually had a member, Julie, that uh, wrote as part of their newsletter they were COVID number 33 and 34 returned from overseas and they gave a report on their experience with the virus, how they got it and coming back to New Zealand. But yeah, very early on they were detected. You heard it here on the Bridgestone, if you remember. But we had a member who had COVID-19. Very strange. They said that they're through it now. It is a terrible... But haven't been back to the Bridge Club. No. No. Is doing Cynthia's quiz. Nigel got nine out of nine the other day. And you know what his reward is? He gets to play with Barry Jones. (laughs) Oh, no. Is that a reward? (laughs) Well, he certainly thinks it is. Nigella is ecstatic. He's waiting for the phone call or the text. Face to face? No, BBO's all right. He just wants to partner the man. So Barry's looking at their best opportunity. You'd better hurry up, Barry. He's going to be blimmin' losing sleep soon. Yeah, I would have thought BBO was way better than face to face. (laughs) If you didn't know, Julie, Cynthia Clayton's been doing a quiz for a, a sort of junior to intermediate to you know, oh, excellent. players and she sends it out every couple of days there's a quiz with nine questions in it and obviously nine answers a couple of days later she sends down the answers and oh, Nigel uh, at quiz number 20 I think it was finally got nine out of nine <laughs> <laughs> he was beside himself he rings me up on Monday and he says, there's another quiz. Have you seen it? I said, no, I haven't. He said, print it out. We'll have lunch. So we went down to Urge yesterday and we had a toasted sandwich and we went over the quiz. He was wrapped. He mentioned again, name dropped you, Barry. We're going to get a game soon with Barry. I was like, oh, I'm not going to play the time that they're doing that. I'm going to be a kibitzer. <laughs> I'll be watching. You should join us. We'll be doing it en masse and BBO will crash because there's so many kibitzes. Actually, is the way that we can ban kibitzes if we're playing one of your tournaments? <laughs> I don't have any control. That's Patrick. So have fun. <laughs> Patrick won't help you at all. No, he will he'll be rallying the troops to come and watch. He'll probably be giving a commentary. I'll act, I was thinking I should actually give him an advance warning so we can be prepared. <laughs> For commentary. <laughs> hey, one exciting thing, the Auckland teams is starting again. you got to get your entries in by the end of this week. Our team has entered. We're going to have a play this time. There's about 40, 50 teams entered already, Julie. Have you looked lately? Not lately, but yes, there's certainly a decent number. So everyone seems to be enjoying the format and enjoying playing the teams. I mean, it's interesting. You can look up everything that people do, but I don't think we've bothered really. We're having enough problems with what we do. I hope it's easy to to put your team online because I'm going to have to do that and I don't really know what to do yet. So I guess there's some steps to follow somewhere. I think it's too difficult. Send an email, I think, or maybe... I've entered and I've got entered back... All oh, right, but well, that's fine. So that's, that's the first thing, but then I have to do the BBO thing and I don't really know how to do that, so... Oh, you can ask for help. So oh. just email. Barry should know how. Huh? <laughs> 
you a funny girl. <laughs> she thinks I'm the IT genius. Not... Oh, he's IT savvy to the max. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing what him and Patrick have in common. <laughs> yes. oh, it's Sad good. but true. <laughs> so, have we got a tip? I can get two tips today. What's your tip of the week this week? Barry, and don't talk about what is it? Take out doubles? Take out doubles. If people would just get them right, I wouldn't have to keep talking about them. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a tip for us? Lead your partner's suit. Oh, really? Absolute, unless you have an amazingly good reason. Not to, yeah. Mm. Like you Absolutely. Any. Yep. Lead partner suit. And lead the card that you would often lead if you were leading that suit for yourself. You don't lead the highest card in partner's suit unless you've got like two of them or a sequence that you have to get out of the way. There you go. That's a good tip. I heard there was one good reason for not leading partner's suit and that was cardiac arrest. <laughs> <laughs> no, there must be two because the other one would be if you don't have any. No, not good. You sit there and you've gone out of your way to make an overcall, and partner doesn't need your suit, and you are so angry that even when they don't have it at the end of the hand, you still want to say something. Yes, not having one is certainly not a good enough reason. <laughs> it has to be better than that. Cardiac arrest. <laughs> Cardiac arrest would be much more acceptable. Partner would probably be sympathetic. Probably. I say probably, but they'd probably say, oh, okay, he had a heart attack, fair enough. But saying they didn't have any, that wouldn't. Haven't you seen at the end of the hand where someone's laid their hand out and said, well, what would you have let? <laughs> <laughs> It'll be like WTF, and it's not that WTF stands for Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. <laughs> yeah, and there was another meaning, was there? Yes. There's another one from my little Lincoln. Mummy wrote down WTF. I said, oh, what does that stand for? And he said, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. <laughs> and I said, oh, that's good. Poppy goes, I don't think that's what she meant, mate. <laughs> Lincoln's Mariana's grandson. He's seven. Yes, I've so got a... he's best to think it stands for Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. I've got a we've got a four year old I've got a four year old grandson who's at that stage where you really do have to be careful what you yes. say because it gets repeated to everyone. <laughs> That was a bit hilarious with Judge Julie in the house, wasn't it? I hope you don't get upset with all of us laughing so much. It is quite hilarious when we get together. Okay, I have a question for you. You always do. So my question is, I open a major. Which major? Oh, heart. Okay, I want to be specific. I don't want our listeners to be hung out to dry, waiting in the dark. Okay, I open one heart. Left-hand opponent overcalls two clubs. My partner passes... Right-hand opponent passes. What do I need to double or bid? And am I showing extra values? Good question, Mariana. Well, see, it's a Tuesday. I do good on Tuesdays. <laughs> so that's a really good question. So when you open the bidding, one heart, as you said, they have called two clubs pass, pass to you. In general, the only bid that's worth a pinch of nanny guts pop is double. Double is by far. Well, because remember, if partner has got a penalty double of two clubs... They can't do it because it would be negative. The penalty oh. double has died and gone to heaven. Right. So you need to double for partner in that situation if you can. So whenever it goes, you open and they bid like that over you and it goes past, past to you, the first thought in your mind should be, 
Is my hand anything like a takeout double? Am I short of their suit? You know, is it likely that partner's waiting? So you need to try and double there as much as you can because it's just so flexible. Partner can support your suit. They can bid their suit. They can pass. It is much better than bidding. So if you're going to bid there, I believe you need to have a really shapely sort of a hand that you just don't think is suitable for a double. Maybe you've got six hearts and five spades or something and you opened a heart and it's gone two clubs past past you and you're void in clubs with six hearts and five spades. You probably don't want to make a takeout double. Although I tell you what, it could still be working pretty well if yeah. Butler's got five clubs. But you might perhaps think of you know bidding a suit when you're six five or something like that. Okay, that's pretty cool. But I tell you what, we need to ask Judge Julie that question. Well, I want to know about the thinking bit again. Yeah, well, the thing is, you have a bit of a problem if you open a heart and they bid two clubs and partner doesn't pass smoothly. If they sit there and they fidget and they muck around and then finally pass, unfortunately, I believe you're in receipt of unauthorised information that partner actually has something. Right. So if you're going to bid now, you really need to have a rock-solid bid. You you know, you can't just think, oh, well, I haven't actually got much, but my partner's got a bit over there. Maybe I should double. Okay. Not allowed to do that. But we'll talk to Judge Julie about that. What do you need and what are you allowed to do if partner fidgets? Hey, I caught up with someone from my past down in Palmerston North. Did he have a blue hat on and a uniform and a pair of handcuffs? No. Oh, it wasn't that past. <laughs> no, it wasn't that past. <laughs> yeah. And the fishnet stockings were on the line, so I didn't even have to worry about them. Having to drag them out of the closet. <laughs> anyway, listen to who I caught up with and had a bit of a chat. I have a special guest in the house today, actually in my house, and he is up from Palmerston North. That is Wayne Burrows. I was downtown last night and managed to bump into him. Well, actually, you almost run me over, didn't you? Tried not to run you over. <laughs> <laughs> nice to see you here in Hamilton, and thanks for taking the time to come in and talking to us on the Bridge Zone. Thank you. So we've got some questions. Might be a bit candid and frank questions. I'm sure you'll deal with it. You ready? Do my best. Let's start. Where you learnt Bridge, and how long have you been playing? I learnt to play when I was at high school, 16 years old. We had a nice program at the school I was at and we had some options a couple of weeks and one of the teachers offered bridge and so a group of us played there and they, we were very keen. We played for school and lunchtime and after school and I never played in a club at that time and didn't play while I went through university. Really? So I started again when I finished university and moved to Palmerston North. Which school were you at? I was at Papanui High School in Christchurch. Who was the bridge teacher? His name was McMurtry. The keen bridge player, I guess, back then. Yeah, yeah, must have played a little bit. I don't think he was extremely good, but he was keen. I think his wife used to teach night class at the school. Oh, okay. And he taught us daytime. Let's talk partnerships, shall we? Sure. Over the years, I guess you've had a fair few number of partnerships. So what's that number? Played with lots and lots, I don't know. Hundreds. Might be hundreds, count people you play with once, but 20, 30 plus that I've played with more than once anyway. I've had five really serious partners, maybe six. I've got a list of them here. Jerry Palmer. I've met him in Hawke's Bay, is Yeah, that right? he's in Hawke's Bay now, but he was in Palmerston North. When I first went to Palmerston North, it was Jerry. He needed a partner for a night. He knew I played a little bit of bridge. He said, do you want to come along and play? Told me to go to the library, get any book by Terence Reese. <laughs> and that have, was a, have a read of it and turned up to because I hadn't played for five or six years at that point. So I turned up and played seriously with Lorraine Stahursky after that, then Andre Sharko from Napier. 
and then Pam Livingston, and then most recently Claire Meow. And I play a little bit at the moment as well with George Masters, which I really enjoy. And also played a little bit with Liz. So what do you reckon, or which one would be your most successful partnership? I had to think about that, and three of those partners <laughs> in different ways were quite successful. I had successes with all of them, if you want to be a competitive. I mean, some people play more socially, and, and success is not one of the main driving things, and that's good too. Yeah, so Andre and I had a real purple patch at one point. We won about five tournaments in a row, but most of them local tournaments, and I think probably the Fullerton teams or something like that was the highest ranking one of those tournaments. Had a lot of success with Pam Livingston, especially at national trials, and we made the New Zealand Open team four times to Shanghai, Bandung in Indonesia, Macau, Kuala Lumpur in Malaysia. So that was very successful in being able to get into those teams and have that opportunity to play overseas. Mm -hmm. And then with Clear, we've had success in some of the bigger tournaments around the country. We've won South Island Pairs, just recently the North Island teams, we've won the National Pairs and we won the Swiss Pairs at Congress. Very good. Yeah, four very good results with her and of course we played last year in the mixed team in Singapore. Nice, eh? Yeah. Well, I guess the question is, why do partnerships end? Variety of reasons. Andre and I ended playing regularly. We've played a little bit since then, but we ended because things happened in Andre's life and he wanted to spend less time playing bridge. Because you do have to put in a lot of hours, yeah, don't you? Yeah, and yeah. that will come out when we're talking a bit later about what makes a good partnership. Some of those things for me are important, but he just wanted to take a back step. Pam and I ended as a bit of fallout from some of the controversy that I had with New Zealand Bridge back in 2013. Won't go into the details. Okay. Yeah, different different partnerships end for different reasons, just the same as life partners end for different reasons, I guess. While we're talking about the controversy, why don't we just touch on that a bit? Back in 2013, there was a little bit of adversity and then this massive bounce back. You're back representing New Zealand. That's great. Do you reckon? Low yeah. to a high? It's obviously good having highs. It wasn't very good having lows and they were pretty tough on me at times. Getting to represent New Zealand didn't really happen completely by design. I mean, Claire and I enjoyed playing together and we're having a lot of success. And we ended up just throwing our names into the hat for the mixed team. And then it didn't look like we were going to make the team because Claire had eligibility issues because she played for Taiwan previously and clearance hadn't come through. We didn't participate in the trial and then perhaps controversially for some other people. And surprisingly for us, we got asked to join when they needed a third pair for Singapore. As well as Claire's eligibility problems, she was also not available to go and play in the now famous place called Wuhan. Yeah, <laughs> not for the best China, of reasons. But yeah, Claire didn't want to play in China because of the issues with China and Taiwan. Taiwan, so, yeah. yeah. So it kind of happened surprisingly and by accident, but obviously it was very good and great bounce back so you can keep going and that's one thing that people yeah. should know you've just yeah. got to yeah. keep playing bridge if you love the game keep playing yeah so basically from my perspective I just kept found a good partner and clear and we did a lot of work and we still do a lot of work when the opportunity came about we um, grabbed it we took it we weren't we weren't so lucky this year when we uh, played the trials and um, oh yeah. yes didn't make the team but that's that's right we, we're still working and hopefully in the future there'll be other opportunities absolutely going back to partnership you've got male and female yep. successful partnerships. Mm-hmm. Is there any preference there? Not really. Just happy to play with whoever's willing to put up with me. <laughs> Is that a big number? 
<laughs> uh, yeah, I've had lots of people who have been willing to play with me, and yeah. I think there are I think there are some people who uh, say they enjoy playing with me. So I suppose that's true. Yeah. Oh my god! Well, I'm not going to ask unless you, of course you want to offer. What are the things that they may have to put up with? <laughs> I don't think there's much to put up with. Maybe I'm a bit intense at times. but um, Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, th- I try to be a good partner at the table. And yeah. feedback I've got from various people, some of those regular ones, but also some less regular players, is that I, I am a good partner at the table. So. All right. Well, we've known each other for 10 years now. Is that when you learned to play yep. bridge? Okay. So Wayne was actually one of the tutors when I joined Palmerston North Bridge Club, and he took lessons with Ross Wales. I, was July 2010 so I'm coming up to my 10 year anniversary yeah, that's and I pretty could, cool yeah it's, it's been good who would have thought that I would be doing this type of thing for Bridge it was just no, to meet was, people it's quite an amazing opportunity you've got yeah. to, to do this mm. it's good. and that's the only reason why I went to play Bridge was to meet people because I didn't know anyone in Palming well curiously I didn't say before but as I say I learned to play when I was at school and when I moved to Palmerston North well, the reason that I went along to the Bridge Club or was looking to go and do that was just to meet people People. I didn't, cool. know, didn't know anyone in Palmerston North, so well, not very many people. So I thought, oh, I'll join the bridge club and learn Yeah. Well, my options were go to dance lessons and learn how to dance or play bridge. And Andrew said, because he was still in Hamilton, he said, well, you can't go and learn how to dance without me, but you can go and learn how to play bridge. He probably hoped that I went and learned to dance <laughs> because it caused me tail light. Have you heard that? It caused me tail light because all you can see is my car tail lights going out the driveway as I'm going to play bridge. Hey, my last question on partnership is about age. The, the successful partnerships that you've touched on, what's the age variance there? Well, most of them, so Jerry, Lorraine, Andre and Pam, hopefully not talking too much out of turn with them, how old these people are, but most of them are roughly the same age as me. Okay. But Claire is quite a bit younger than I, so... Well, you're not a female, so how old are you? <laughs> I just had my 57th birthday. 57, yeah. right. Well, happy birthday for when you just had it. Yeah, sure. So let's talk about what makes a great partner. What do you reckon? Well, to be obviously to be a great partner, you need to be a pretty decent bridge player. That's one thing. For me, the best things are being willing to work on system and carding agreements and also being willing to discuss problems away from the table. And at the table, it's um, good to have someone that's calm and relaxed and you don't have any sort of unnecessary at-the-table drama with your partner. It's bad enough having drama with your opponents. You want someone, whatever happens, they just move on. One really good story on that, many years ago playing with Andre Sharko in the Central District's trials, we played the very first board and our opponents, the declarer was Sandra Coleman, bid to three no trumps and uh, Andre doubled, which was asking me to make a spade lead, which had been the suit that had been bid by the opponent on my right. The opponent redoubled, so we were playing three no trumps redoubled and Andre was right, spade lead was best, so that was good, but by best that meant there were only two over tricks yeah. instead of three if I'd led any other suit. <laughs> so our first board of the trial was three no trumps redoubled, making two over tricks for some huge minor score. And Sandra Coleman told me years later that she was most upset about this because Andre and I sat there at the table and didn't say a word to each other, just moved on to the next board. And Sandra said it just like the last board had been two spades making two. 
Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, so she wanted to see some sparks flying. Yeah, she, she, wa- she wanted to see some So just staying calm and yeah. yeah, moving on. And... I remember that name. Did she used to play with Liz? Yeah, Sandra used to play with so. Yeah, I remember her. Think about this one, Wayne. Anybody in the world, in New Zealand, who would you most like to play with and why? I get most of my enjoyment playing with regular partners rather than playing one-off. I don't really have a wish list of famous people that I would like to play with. I mean, obviously it would be very good to play with someone who was was good and you could uh, build a regular partner. I don't really have any strong desire to play with any any famous name. Because a lot of people would say Zia or Boya Brogan or something like that. Yeah, it would be exciting playing with Zia. Exciting playing with people who just have a different way of looking at it. I've just read a book about who's Swedish, Peter Frieden, certainly Scandinavian, and who makes, seems many amazing card players, and it would be very nice to sit at the other side of the table and watch some of that go on. Director, please. How can I help? Judge Julie presiding. Question one. There's only one question, Julie. So you open the bidding one hat, they overcall two clubs on your left, your partner fidgets and fools around, and then finally after an agonising period of time passes and it goes past to you so you're in receipt of some information there that partner has something and obviously you're not really entitled to know that what do you need to bid or double there this is a great question because there is so much stuff about what happens after your partner hesitates first of all if your partner hesitates you don't have to pass all the time Just because partner hesitates doesn't mean you cannot bid. However, as you pointed out, Barry, you are in receipt of unauthorised information. Clearly, if partner takes a while to think and then do something or asks a question about a specific bid, they have something in their hand that they're asking about or that they're thinking about, so they must have some value. And that's information you're not entitled to. You're not entitled to know that partner has a hand different to what they might have where they'd pass quickly, immediately. Some of the stuff is around why we promote the use of stop cards as well. So when it comes back round to you, you are not barred from the auction because your partner stopped to think. But you do have a problem. What happens in general is people don't think, oh, my partner's got points I'm going to bid. They're looking at a hand, and the longer their partner thinks, the more their hand tends to start looking a bit better. So for most people, subconsciously at the very least, they tend to think their hand is getting a bit, you know, more rose-coloured, so they're more inclined to bid. Unfortunately, if your partner takes time before they pass, you need a hand that is one that people of your standard would bid on just about all of the time, so about 80% or something along those lines of players. Now, you won't know about what 80% of people of your ability do, because that's a really hard thing to think about. What we call it is clear cut. If you have a bid that you would always have made, you are allowed to make it. If you have a bid that you might bid some of the time and maybe not some other times, you know, you're sort of, maybe I should, maybe I shouldn't, well, then you really are in a position where you wouldn't normally make it because your partner's hesitation is making your hand better, and that is just not allowed. We have some people who bid like absolute loonies. We would know, wouldn't we, Barry? (laughs) Um, Is that the roll of your eyes, partner? (laughs) 
I can remember okay. a story ages ago, Julie, which is relevant with a, a friend of mine called Christine made a bid and the director came along and said, even if you were known as Mad Christine the Overbidder, we wouldn't allow it. And yeah. we all said, but she is known as Mad Christine the Overbidder. <laughs> and I could possibly know the Christine as well. Yeah. Thank you very much for that. Okay. You can well, have the rest have of the day, day off now. Yeah. <laughs> okay, thanks, Julie. Bye. 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 New Zealand Bridge, sponsoring bridge from beginner to international, nationwide. Thanks for listening to this Free FM podcast. If you want to hear more content like this, you can support Free FM via Patreon. Head to patreon.com/slash Free FM eighty nine to find out more.